scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Omarenzo. We're breaking it all down. NBA, NHL, NFL, college of football. We might get a little Major League Baseball as well as the Los Angeles Lakers a step up. Now one win away from the NBA Finals, as are the Miami Heat. And uh, how epic would it be if it was uh, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat? So many storylines from uh, Pat Riley being the architect of the Miami Heat and former Los Angeles Lakers head coach to, oh yeah, Eric Spolstra who many uh, people thought was just sort of uh, a ball boy on the Miami Heat, including myself. And, uh, you know, as usual, wrong. <laughs> as Eric Spolster is a hell of a basketball uh, coach. The Los Angeles Lakers uh, get it done uh, this evening. Albeit uh, the game ends up uh, being a push uh, when it's all said and done, or depending on when you got the number, but it was a six-point uh, win, and the game goes over uh, the number. The Los Angeles Lakers now one win away. From the NBA Finals, the Miami Heat are getting three and a half uh, points in uh, their basketball game Friday night against the Boston Celtics. And the Celtics have another bullet uh, left in the chamber. We'll find out. The SEC set to kick off. College of football is back. The SEC set to kick off. The Pac-12 announces that they're going to kick off. They're going to play a seven-game schedule and hope to be part of the college football playoff. Uh, truth be told, you know, coming into the year, really, there's not, I don't think there's anyone in. Uh, the um, the Pac-12 that was really a playoff contender, uh, so to speak. Uh, but nevertheless, um, it's cool to have Pac-12 uh, football, and hey, it's just another conference uh, to bet on right now. The Mountain West uh, in the mix. Uh, we're breaking it all uh, down here. We're even going to talk some ponies here in level two uh, right now, as uh, Santa Anita is set to uh, open up. We're breaking it down with Meadowlands, uh, Lindsay. We're talking ponies. We're going to the track. The National Football League, Thursday night football. The Miami Dolphins get it done. A double-digit win. First time since 2017, the Dolphins have won by double digits. So it's the longest drought in the National Football League, 38 games. All they needed was a date with the Jacksonville Jaguars. As the Jags, for one reason or another, were laying three points in this football game. But you know what? Who cares what already happened? We're here to tell you what's going to happen. We'll crunch some numbers. We'll run the gauntlet. We're going to the track. We're going to hit the grid. We're going to hit the hard iron. We're doing it all. A Thursday night throwdown. Sports Rage late night. Bet your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Oh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Sports Rage Late Night. I am Gabriel Morenci. Throwing it down, a Thursday night uh, throwdown. Shout out to all of our uh, affiliates, wherever you may be uh, tuning in uh, here this evening. As uh, we pick up the pace, uh, pieces following 
uh, Thursday night uh, football, some basketball. It's uh, quite a wild night in uh, in sports uh, tonight with the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Is the Denver Nuggets really let one uh, get away from them? We talked about it earlier um, that the the Lakers complained to the league uh, that LeBron wasn't uh, getting enough um, fouls called. Um, that he was there was you know, the Nuggets were there was a lot of contact on LeBron that they weren't calling, and what happens? LeBron goes to the free throw line 14 times. Is that a coincidence? You know, and honestly, like LeBron wasn't even that aggressive, and he went to the free throw line like 14 times. But that's it's the one thing that I like the least about the NBA. Like the NBA is a great league, and I really like this format, like with no fans and a neutral court, and like you really just find out who the best teams are. Like the referees have been better, but I guarantee you the memo came in, man. You know what I mean? The memo came in. They can't have the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. The ratings would be a disaster. It would be worse. It would be like, you know, there was a ratings disaster with the Raptors and the Warriors because the um, ABC lost. Um, they lost half, you know, the market with, with Toronto not being part of the Nielsen ratings. So, you know, that was a major problem for them. They couldn't run their, their spots. So at least they'll be able to run their commercials. But, you know, they need the late. They need. They the, the 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 NBA is already battling as it is right now with the NFL. They're losing. Like, you know, like I guarantee to you tonight, this piece of crap NFL game between the piece of crap teams that were the Dolphins and the Jags had more people watching than the Laker game did. Right? It's you know the NFL. It just is what it is. So like, it's you know at least if you have the Lakers versus the Heat and you're going up against um you're going against NFL, you know you you've got something with LeBron and stuff. You got a lot of storylines. If you've got Denver and Miami, like it's, it's not good, not not good for the ratings. And you know, and then it trickles down onto the court. You know, the Raptors deal with this. Um, small, you know, NFL teams deal with this. It just is. Like, don't don't think that um, don't think that it doesn't exist. Like, people wonder why a team from Canada hasn't won a Stanley Cup since uh, 1993, and a lot of it is their own ineptness, but. Also, a big part of it is they get screwed over. Like it's just it's like rinse and repeat. It's not there's not it's not a coincidence. Like you know Las Vegas, Las Vegas made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first ever year, and you know what a coincidence, right? You guys and we're not going to go back and start talking about like hockey, hockey calls from years ago but i don't know if you guys remember that series against san jose it was a freaking joke like <laughs> it was a joke like they called like five penalties in a row on san jose once they had like eight guys in a box at the same time i remember against the la kings it was the same thing like you know the the, the golden knights they ran over to the, the jonathan quick and uh, the kings would get like penalties called on them for going anywhere near mark andre fleury like Leagues do like narratives, you know what I mean? Like they do. All right, so the Miami Dolphins win tonight, and I don't know, man. This this almost just bothers me right now. And I was even on the Miami Dolphins. And you know, you guys know people that have been listening to us for years know I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan. I wasn't a Fitzpatrick fan when he was the Bills quarterback. I lived with him. Like you know, he came out of nowhere. He won like he went like five and two in seven games or something like that. And he was scrambling around. He was doing his thing. He's always been the same quarterback. And I was like, yeah, he's all right. But I was like, don't give this guy big money or anything like that. Like he's not good. He's just sort of there. And 
Of course, the Bills at the time, now it sounded, it was a joke. They gave him like $25 million. It's like $5 million a year. At the time, it was like, you gave the guy $25 million? Were you insane? And uh, anyways, I've never been a big Fitzpatrick fan. The guy screwed me over a lot. Um, at least I understand him now, though. You know, I've gotten better at understanding when to bet on him and when to, get, when to bet against him, all right? But one of my favorite players of all time is Walter Payton. All right, Chicago Bears running back, uh, Walter Payton. Um, you know, the oldest sweetness. And, like, you know, to me, like, I was growing up, I was always a fan of running backs when I was a kid growing up, like, more than quarterbacks. I like running backs and linebackers, like Lawrence Taylor, um, you know, but uh, a couple of wide receivers. But, you know, when I was a kid, like, my favorite players were, like, um, you know, O.J. Simpson. Yes, it's true. <laughs> uh, O.J. Simpson. Uh, Earl Campbell, uh, Walter Payton, right? But, you know, Walter Payton, man, and, you know, the, the Bears weren't good, but Walter Payton was just amazing. Never ran out of bounds. Just like, you know, one of the greatest greatest players ever to play the game. So where am I going with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Walter Payton? Well, oh, God. Ryan Fitzpatrick joins Walter Payton as one of only two players in NFL history. <laughs> It's like, really? It's like, for the love of God, Fitzpatrick has this on his resume now? Fitzpatrick becomes just uh, one of two players, with the other one being Walter Payton, to finish with two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, 20 rushing yards, and one reception in a single game. The only other player to do this was Walter Payton. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Think about that. All the great quarterbacks in NFL history. All the great quarterbacks and running backs. All the great athletes, wide receivers in NFL history. And Walter Payton and Ryan Fitzpatrick are the only two men to throw two touchdown passes, one rushing touchdown, 20 or more rushing yards, and a reception in one game. It's actually quite a fantasy night, isn't that, for uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick? Dear God. Um, <laughs> big night. Who had Fitz as their, uh, their, their number one scoring quarterback? It was crazy. Fitzpatrick, too. He's 18 to 20 for 160, 160 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Passer rating of 133.3. Completed his first 12 passes, which was a career high. Uh, the 90% completion rate was also a career high. He, re he rushed for 38 yards. So, uh, in other words, basically, Ryan Fitzpatrick just had the game of his life tonight. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick joins Walter Payton as the only two players. I should say in modern NFL history. They don't really know. Like they don't count. Like you know, I mean, we're not talking about 19, you know, 10 and stuff like that. Like all records are from 1948 up. Modern NFL is considered like 1948. Pretty crazy, huh? Ryan Fitzpatrick. In the same sentence as Walter Payton. Normally, I'd say the only time you're ever going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick in the same sentence as Walter Payton is that Ryan Fitzpatrick sure ain't no Walter Payton. <laughs> but 
let's give let's give the guy credit. Let's give the guy credit. And listen, we were on it. We were on it. We hit the teaser. We were on the Miami Dolphins, so uh, we'll take it. But you know, you know, a lot of the records are skewed. We talk about these records being garbage and stuff like that. Like, who cares? This one's pretty freaking impressive, though. This one's pretty. That's a that's a pretty impressive, um, you know, accomplishment. Come on, two passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, rushing for twenty or more yards, and oh yeah, I caught a pass. <laughs> you can't do that in a beer commercial. That's how bad the Jaguars are. Like I don't look at it like Ryan Fitzpatrick's greatness. I look at this. That's how bad the Jags are. You let, you just let Ryan Fitzpatrick do something that only one man in NFL history has ever done before. I thought when you talk about, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick making NFL history, you'd be like, yeah, ugliest beard ever. Sports rage, late night, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Sports rage late night. Everybody loves a lock. (laughs) But don't forget, every lock has a key. Every lock has its key. Um, actually, you know, I think what we should probably do, uh, Cam's real good. Uh, Cam's a good karaoke uh, singer, but we really should do like a, um, a weird Al Yankovic type record, but of all gambling, <laughs> of all like gambling, like all like gambling, uh, type of uh, things. You know what I mean? Um, like it'd be great. Yeah. Every lock has its key. All right. Let's, uh, let's bring in uh, metal and Lindsay, uh, right now. Talk some uh, Santa Anita uh, racing, and they were supposed to open up uh, last week, uh, but of course 2020, right? I mean, they, from from the pandemic, and then they had the uh, the crazy uh, the Bobcat wildfires. So um, you know, finally Santa Anita is uh, set to open, and we got some big time uh, races. And I know Lindsay's excited uh, for these uh, races. We got races all day tomorrow, 12:30 uh, to 6 o'clock uh, Eastern uh, time, and then uh, Saturday. Uh, as well, uh, Meadowlands Lindsay in the house. What's up, Lindsay? How you doing tonight? I'm doing well, thanks, man. Can't complain. How about yourself? Uh, you know what? I can complain, but nobody will care. So um, I guess I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm all right, Lindsay. Always a pleasure. So um, yeah, we got some, we got some uh, some ponies running at San Anita Park. The American Pharaoh Stakes is a race because you know we don't have all night, so that's the one I wanted to focus in on. But uh, real, real cool. This is a win and you're in qualifier for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, of the eight entrants, one um, um, has has won, and we'll, we'll get into this. But it's a cool concept. The the win and you you get in three hundred thousand uh, dollars as well. But this is the race I'm sort of focused in on. But 
I know you've been looking at this. So what what do you think about the card this weekend? Opens up Friday. We got Friday, Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What's your take on on the weekend card here at Santa Anita? Well, tomorrow's a good day to just sit back and watch some races and see how the track is running there. Uh, none of the races on tomorrow's card are win and you're in for the breeders. But Saturday, oh, Saturday we've got yeah. five, count of five, uh, Breeders' Cup win and you're in qualifiers, stakes races, all of them. But uh, some tough races to handicap. Most of them are either on turf and or for two-year-olds. So these are uh, wide-open races with some very interesting wagering uh, possibilities. All right, so let's get into, you know, the big one, you know, one of the big ones here, the American, uh, the Pharaoh Stakes. Pretty cool. I got a, a named a race after the dude. Um, what's your what's your take uh, on this race? Interesting looking race. This is a race, uh, mile and 16th on the main track for two-year-olds. Uh, difficult to handicap because these two-year-olds don't have uh, many past performances on which to base judgments. However, the Keeneland auction is going on right now. So anybody watching that uh, gets to see pedigree after pedigree after pedigree, one every 30 seconds to a minute, and we're up to about 4,000 horses at this point. So looking at this field, uh, interesting wager. I like the eight-horse, Waspirant. Morning line six to one. This is a horse uh, sired by Union Rags, who's already had a yearling sold at the sale for more than two hundred thousand uh, dollars. Out of life is sweetened by Storm the Cat. Uh, you know, walk around cell block D at the Meadowlands or any simulcast <laughs> area, and guys will talk about, oh, you got to watch out for the ones that are named after cats. Well. Uh, they sort of know something, but don't. Storm the Cat is a very successful stallion who's sired uh, well over 37 winners of stakes races to the tune of well over 3 or $4 million. So, like in Waspirant, as my first pick for this race, second up comes number four, Notable Exception, who's sired by Street Sense, out of uh, Poco Mass and by AP Indy who, of course, sired uh, Honor AP, a big uh, fan is uh, Cam Stewart of Honor AP. To come third, like the five horse here, Spielberg, he's by Union Rat, uh, out of Miss uh, Squeal, and by Smart Strike, who's a name that people should know, who is a Triple Crown, uh, sorry, Preakness winner. Uh, in his uh, racing time, and also a very successful stallion. Finally, to come fourth, we got Getter Number, who's by Dialed In. Dialed In had a full sell for $230,000 at this year's sale. Solid speed figures. Uh, won his maiden race uh, and came fourth in his second race after a mild bid and didn't really like the track at Del Mar. Uh, in my five spot, we got number seven, Weston, whose uh, grandsire is Dixie Union. Dixie Union's had a couple of foals sell for a hundred grand or more at this sale. Behind him, we like one, two, and three on the bottom. Touchdown Brown, Ron Bauer, and Dino Might. Uh, none of those three have serious pedigree, so we'll put them all on the bottom of the Superfecta. And uh, you know, you didn't bring up uh, no love for uh, for Touchdown uh, Touchdown Brown. Touchdown Brown, 
Cairo Prince, sire, not very successful. Touchdown Brown's got a decent speed figure at six furlongs. No telling what he can do at a mile and 16th. In the morning line at five to one, but uh, inside post position in a turf race. Uh, so actually, this is a dirt race. Inside post position may or may not be favorable, but uh, not much pedigree there and hasn't shown the early speed that a uh, horse would need to win a race at a mile and 16th on the dirt. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You know, we're, we're getting into the distance uh, here. A lot of unknowns about these horses coming in, right? It's not the Kentucky Derby here, right? It's, uh, no, they're not three-year-olds. They don't have yeah. proper histories. These are two-year-olds. Exactly. So that's interesting. Too, you know, betting on two years. So touchdown Brown, son of uh, Cairo Prince. Talk to me more about uh, Spielberg. Uh, this is a horse that a lot of people are talking about. Um, you know, due due to the you know the connections and and the training. And uh, cr- you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Baffert's was Spielberg, right? Correct. Uh, this is a Bob Baffert two-year-old, although Bob's specialty is three-year-olds, not two-year-olds. Bob does not have a great record with two-year-olds, but he's taken this horse under his wing. The horse, as we said before, does have some very solid pedigree. Union Rags is his father, and Smart Strike is his grandfather. A uh, horse ran a couple of decent speed figures, comparable to everybody else, but again, at six and seven furlongs. So you never know what a horse is going to do at a mile and 16th at two years old. A uh, reasonable bet, which is why I certainly have him in my top three. So he'll be in my exacta box to be one of uh, two horses to come first and second. But he is my third choice. And at three to one, a uh, Baffert horse, he might get bet down and uh, not be uh, that great a price. I think he is going to be one of the more public horse. I'm just surprised. The only shock about this is it's his only horse. I'm surprised Baffert doesn't have like three <laughs> to hedge his bets uh, here. Touchdown Brown, uh, Juan Hernandez um, on the mount, uh, Rombauer, uh, Mike Smith, Dynamite, Victor Espinosa, a notable exception, Abel Sedillo. Uh, Spielberg, Louis Saez, uh, get her number, the six horse, get her number, Flavian uh, Pratt, uh, Weston, the seven horse, Drayden Van Dyke um, was the uh, the jockey, and Umberto Raspoli uh, on the eight uh, horse was Byrant. Um, so quality, uh, quality jockeys in this race, big time, uh, big time elite jockeys. Yep, you can trust all of these jockeys to to run good races. The question is, which of these two-year-olds is going to step up and uh, and go ahead and win the race? The interesting thing about two-year-olds is uh, they've only had a few months of training, and horses, of course, are pack animals, so they instinctively want to run together as a group. Uh, being a trainer, the challenge is training a horse to counter his natural instinct to run in the pack and run away from the pack. So it'll be interesting to see which of these two-year-olds 
uh, has been successfully trained to run out front. And again, looking at Waspirant, uh, got out to uh, battled for the lead in his second race, ran second through the half and second through the three-quarter mile, and then closed to win by a length and a quarter. So we know that Waspirant knows how to win. As for these other horses, well, Weston's won a couple under Drayden. Uh, they've all run one, uh, won at least one, with the exception of Spielberg, who's only come second twice. So uh, should be an about interesting notable race. exception, Lindsay. Would notable like we're talking about these are inexperienced horses. It's a new, different world, man. Here, how about this notable exception has um, has only one run, one runs once, and has never run around two turns before. <laughs> That's how like Correct. As a that's matter, how uh, these horses are. Yeah, he's never run around two two turns before. But uh, a, a great horse, notable exception. A lot of people think this is a, this is a really nice horse, Lindsay. He could certainly develop. He's got the pedigree to develop into a top rank race horse. Uh, Street Sense, you know, very successful stallion, very successful racehorse himself. AP Indy, terrific bloodline. Uh, we'll see what happens. Legendary Lindsay kicking it, uh, not at the Meadowlands, uh, but uh, tonight in uh, in Brooklyn. Great stuff, uh, Lindsay. We'll see you online. Uh, we'll get some winners uh, here. Cam's uh, going to be excited uh, for Sandita Racing over the next uh, couple of days. Meadowlands, Lindsay, Sports Race Late Night, and your race. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Sports Rage late night. Meadowlands Lindsay checking in with some uh, some knowledge from the track. Good stuff uh, right there. Uh, good stuff. Hey, man, it really is amazing, isn't it? These two-year-olds, not a lot of history. Not a lot of history betting on these uh, ponies. Uh, crazy huh? about notable exception. Never ran around uh, two turns before. <laughs> so yeah, you're betting on horses that are doing, you know, basically um, you're betting on horses that are running you know, in, on a track like this, uh, the first time in their lives, at least in a competitive race. Obviously, they're 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 trained, but um, interesting, interesting stuff. And it's a win, win, and you're in. You get into the Breeders' Cup, of course. And everyone talks about like you know the the Kentucky Derby is the most well known horse race, but the Breeders' the Breeders' Cup that's like the biggest day actually. Like that's the real for the hardcores. The Kentucky Derby is for like the the amateurs. You know, sort of like us. You know what I mean? Like, I don't watch every big-time stakes race, I uh, but I do. I do and I don't. Like, I'm not like the average Joe Six-Pack that only watches the Triple Crown races, but I'm not watching, like, every one of these stake races. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be watching, like, all day Friday and all day Saturday every race. I'll check into this uh, American Pharaoh race, the American Pharaoh stakes. Uh, for the record, it's at 7 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Eastern uh, on 
uh, Saturday night, 4 o'clock uh, Pacific, 4 o'clock Los Angeles time. Santa Anita. Hopefully they don't kill a bunch of horses this year there. That you know That's a problem with that track. I'm a big fan of Santa Anita, but uh, they've had a bad track record uh, over the last uh, couple of years. A lot of horses have died there, a lot more there than in other tracks. And not a coincidence. It's it's happened a lot. So hopefully uh, this year things are uh, things are better. All right, we're gonna hit the pipelines uh, in a moment. Uh, Julio in Chicago is uh, is ready to go. We'll get to Julio uh, in a moment. I'll just blast through these uh, NFL games right now. There's been a lot of line movement uh, this week, and you know there's so many games. It's it's so busy right now. We're in a we're in a um, you know day by day. What's what's coming up next? What's coming up next? Right, like there's so many games, so I basically take it out half an hour by you know, all right, you got the six o'clock game, seven o'clock, etc. But uh, there's been a lot of line movement this week uh, in the NFL. One game we haven't talked about this week, the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are minus three versus the Bears. This is a win. If you're Quinn, you better win. Quinn better win. <laughs> uh, game. Try to come up with something cute on the spot, but uh, like you know, listen, they, the Falcons have a ton of talent. They can't keep blowing these leads. Uh, the Chicago Bears are a 2-0 football team. The Bears might be the worst 2-0 team. Like, the Bears are okay. They're not They're not as bad. Like, Mitch Trubisky's not as bad as people think he is. But, you know, the Bears, to me, the Bears, this is a this is a game Atlanta should win. Like, can, can the Chicago Bear offense keep up with the Atlanta Falcons? Right? Like, you know, the Falcons, you know, two games. They, they played two good teams. They played Seattle. They played Dallas. You look at the Atlanta Falcons. They play two explosive offenses, right? They play two big-time offenses with big-time playmakers. And um, and now they get a Chicago Bear uh, offense that is, is pretty pedestrian, you know, that they'll be able to contain. And Atlanta's offense is basically good enough to score on anybody. It's all, you know, this sentence always ends uh, poorly, uh, but I like the Atlanta Falcons this week. I think the Falcons um, get it done. Got to lay three points. The money line's minus 194. Like, you know, and I, I brought this up earlier tonight, guys, on Game Time Decisions, weekdays at 6, and I brought up the Miami Dolphins. So, look, the Dolphins were getting three points, and I knew the Dolphins were going to win tonight. And I talked about the money line. And uh, I said, uh, I said, uh, we'll take the... I said I would take the Miami Dolphins on the money line, but I'm only getting plus 135, even though they're three-point underdogs. And it came down. It was like plus 128 or plus 132 or whatever the hell it was. I said that's pretty low when a team is plus three. What it tells you is the odds makers knew that Miami could win this game. They're like, yeah, yeah, you're getting three points because we don't want to move it, but we're not giving you money on the money line. The Chicago Bears are getting three points, right, to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Bears are getting three points in the Falcons. The money line, plus 162. They don't think the Bears are going to win the game. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, they're, you, even though the point spreads will be the same, the money lines will be different. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals getting four and a half points right now. This was six and a half. This was six and a half. Down to four and a half right now. No confidence at all uh, in the betting market right now for uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I tell you what, man, I, you can't trust. How are you going to take the Cincinnati Bengals in this spot? 
you know, I, I'm pro Joe Burrow. I think the kid has looked real good. And look, Joe Burrow, he got the push in week one. They lost by three. They were getting three. They covered. They, you know, they got the cover against Cleveland. Philadelphia's due for a big game. Philadelphia's offense is due to open up and actually, you know what I mean, be, you know, play play from ahead and everything's going well for them, et cetera. The back door is not big enough here. It's all, It's not a back door. It's only a little window. Uh, when you're getting four and a half with the Bengals. It's not enough points. I do think there's going to be points in this game. And it's funny. I think the total's coming down. 46 and a half. If Philly's going to get into the 30s, and since he will get into the 20s, this game's going to get into the 50s. I like this game to go over to 46 and a half. I was talking about the Chicago Bears. And uh, I think it's a bad spot for the Bears. I think the Falcons, it's a must-win game for the Atlanta Falcons. If not, like, the coach is getting fired. Who knows, like, who gets traded. And, you know, the, eventually, like, Blank is going to, like, flip out and blow things up. So, they, I think they get it done. Let's bring in Big Card Julio, who's in Chicago. Uh, Big Card Julio representing. Uh, what do you think about this, uh, Julio? The Bears are 2-0. and Yet they played two pretty bad football teams in the Detroit Lions and and the New York Giants. I don't think the Bears' offense can keep up with the Falcons. It's always risky betting the Falcons because they're the Falcons and they always blow every stupid lead they ever have. But they they're good enough to get these leads. So give me the Atlanta Falcons. Give me the Dirty Birds. Dirty South, Dirty Birds over the Bears. What's your take, Julio? The biggest thing for me is I, you know, I'm taking the over in the game, no doubt about it, but can Matt Nagy leave his stubbornness in Chicago and allow for the game and the flow of the game to let Mitch Trubisky utilize his strengths? Trubisky has some strengths. He's not as stiff as a lot of people like to believe. And if Nagy utilizes Mitch's strengths and some of the Bears' core, the Bears can be within that three-point margin late in the game and try to steal a win on the road. I think it's going to be over. Um, I'm not going to bet the Bears. I may tease the Bears, but I would not be shocked at all if the Bears steal a victory in Atlanta unless they stole uh, a victory against Detroit two weeks ago. Speaking like a true Bears, uh, you know you're, you're, a, you're a fan of a team when you don't have full confidence in them, but you still <laughs> want to bet on them. So you're like, well, I'm going to take them in a teaser. <laughs> you're getting a plus well, 10, they're, right? They're take, a perfect te- take them in a teaser. <laughs> Yeah, they're a perfect teaser team, no doubt about it. They're in my uh, teaser portfolio w- without a shadow of a doubt. If I was, if, if I were to bet them, yeah, I, I, I'd tell you they. Uh, if I were a homer, I'd tell you they'd win uh, by 15 points, Gabe. But uh, realistically, I wouldn't be shocked if they lose. But knowing Atlanta's defense, if it's within that three-point margin in the fourth, I would not be shocked if the Bears won that game. Time is of the essence, Gabe. Keep rocking those K props. I mean, I'm not watching Baltimore and Boston tonight because uh, yeah, <laughs> because I really I'm, uh, I'm really interested tonight. in the game. I'm uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm we'll, betting because we'll Alex Cobb's uh, got the strikeout bro. We'll play them so, out through uh, the end of the year. Like you said, I wish we jumped on it earlier. We yeah, we did. We played them a bit, but it just you know what I mean. It just they just kept hitting. So we're like, you know what? We just got to keep playing these. I swear to God, out of all the nights that we've been playing these, I had one losing night with the strikeout props last night. Last night was a bumpy one. It was like three and five. It was late. It was very frustrating. Or two nights ago, whatever it was, was Smiley. Smiley was at five after three innings, bro. It was five and a half. 
He never got there. Yep. Uh, there was someone else that got to four. It was four and a half. And it was, dude, he had it in the like fifth inning. Like, one more, bro. One more. One more. Never got there. But I went back at it. You know, and last night it was good. And then, uh, you know, tonight, what, it was three and one tonight. Uh, the only one we didn't get was Ryu. And I'm telling you, yeah, Julio, I'm identifying, you know, we'll find those three and a halves. And, you know, you look at some of the bigger teams and the aces, they got their next starts the playoffs, right? These other teams, right. like Alex Cobb's pitching for money, bro. You know what I mean? It's his career. Yep. Like, this is like his last start. It matters. You know, people don't realize, like, the importance of, like, these last starts for pitchers and their career and their mindset and the mentality. So, you get, I'm, I've been betting on these kind of no-name guys, Bukic tonight, you know? Bukic, uh, you know, the the over four and a half. Yeah, he, he comes very in. Well. we'll have yep. more tomorrow. All right, I'll be quick. UTEP against uh, Louisiana Monroe on Saturday. I'm taking under 50 and a half. Both teams struggled to score. Uh, I'm not going to lean UTEP plus nine and a half. Just give me under 50 and a half in the Warhawks and the Miners. Hell of a game on ESPN2 this weekend. Could be under 50 and a half. According to Phil Steele, running back Elijah Mitchell for the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette, he and a couple other starters have issues with COVID. They're an 11 and a half point favorite against Georgia Southern. I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia Southern covered the 11 and a half. I'm leaning that way. I'll give more of a pick uh, tomorrow night on the show, Gabe. Over two and a half. Hertha Berlin, Eintracht Frankfurt in the German Bundesliga. Give me under five and a half in the Stars and uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's ride the Lightning with Metallica and give me Tampa Bay in a parlay partner as well. Uh, give me uh, the Roadrunners. UTSA, San Antonio, minus seven against the uh, Raiders of Middle Tennessee. And uh, NFL, I'm leaning uh, Tampa Bay minus five and a half. And KBO Baseball, give me Lote. Lote Giants and I gave on the run line. Man, you know you're hardcore, big card, Julio, when you're still betting the Korean League. Like, everyone was all gung-ho Korean League when it came out earlier this year when there was nothing else going on. <laughs> and you're still betting it. I, God bless you. You're hardcore. <laughs> Well, I, 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 met this, uh, I met this really nice guy, Gene, at one of the books here in Chicago. He's a Korean. He is hardcore baseball. He's been killing it in the overs. And he gave me some leans in Korean baseball because he's from Korea. He knows the league very well. And he said, Lote, uh, although they've been struggling. <laughs> yeah. He said, uh, Lote uh, is the team tonight. He says uh, that's uh, his best bet. So I'm, I'm riding Gene, Korean Gene, and the Lote Giants. That's a great name, Korean Gene. Yeah, that's great. And... I got to wonder, like, how long is this Korean baseball season, bro? They started before the majors did, like, long before. They started they in March, going. I think, yeah. yeah. These guys in the playoffs so yet or what? Out there. <laughs> like, Honestly, you know, I don't know. Andrew I'm McKinnis not going to watch the game. At. I'll be sleeping. Yeah, I know. It's like exactly there, like 5 a.m., 4 a.m., 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m., that, that time zone. Yeah, UTSA tomorrow uh, laying seven. I, I think it's a play. I split tonight. Um I got credit to UAB, man. UAB blasted them. They got it done here tonight. At least the game went over the number because we didn't have any hope in hell of covering the number with uh, with uh, the other Jacks. Both Jaguar teams lost tonight. <laughs> South Alabama and Jacksonville. But I'm telling you, Julio, uh, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. You better tease that game because the Falcons are going to win this game. They probably win by three. It's going to be a push. It doesn't it feel like a push. I'm telling tomorrow, too. <laughs> Especially if it... The Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, Julio. Miami Heat, get it done tomorrow. They're going to finish off the Boston Celtics. Money line, baby. Big card, Julio, Chicago. Check in tomorrow. Julio. Great stuff uh, with uh, with Julio. 
I like that. Uh, Korean Jean. Korean Jean with the KBO picks. Yeah, the Roadrunners, UTSA, laying seven points, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, the uh, Raiders, the other Raiders. Sports Rage Late Night, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Sports Rage late night. We're into the uh, the three-minute warning. Quick as 120 minutes in sports. Thanks to Teddy Covers for stepping up and in. Meadowlands, uh, Lindsey threw it down with some uh, Santa Anita talk. Big card Julio, Chicago. We'll hit the pipelines uh, tomorrow night, uh, Friday night uh, freak show. Uh, Steve Merrill and Tony Finn on the radar for the Friday night uh, freak show. As we stated earlier, I'm a fan of uh, Tony Finn joining us on uh, Friday. See, Tony joins us you know, once a week or so. Uh, but uh, he was joining us earlier in the week. Uh, but you know, just Tony, Tony's a great Friday night uh, guy. His eccentricness. And uh, Tony's good, too. You can bang college football, NFL football, NBA basketball, uh, et cetera. Next week, we'll have Major League uh, Baseball playoffs. Playoffs? That's right. Uh, playoffs. And we'll have Major League uh, Baseball playoffs starting uh, Tuesday. So, you know, just looking at the, the line movement a little bit in the, in the National Football League uh, quickly on the way out here. Um, the, the Falcons are laying three. This game almost has push written all over it, but I just don't see it. And as I was talking about earlier, look, the Miami Dolphins were getting three points, but the money line was 132. The Chicago Bears are getting three points, but it's plus 162. What does that tell you? It tells you that the odds makers are like, yeah, yeah, I'm not giving you minus 150 on the Falcons money line because they're going to win, but they'll probably push. This game has push written all over. You got to read between the lines. Everyone's buying into the Bengals. People think the Eagles suck this much. This is probably the week to take the Eagles. I just don't trust them enough, but I do think the game's going to go over 46 and a half. The total, uh, the uh, the number is four and a half right now. Texans are only getting four at the Steelers. Is that a trap? Man, there's a lot of trap type games. I tell you what, too. Everybody thinks, oh, the Raiders are going to get killed against the Patriots this week. I'm not sure they do. Yet it's a tough spot playing Monday Night Football, and then going on the East Coast, they're getting five and a half right now. The Buffalo Bills are minus two against the Rams. We'll hit this game tomorrow. Uh, New York Giants, I'm going to be betting on the Giants. Give me the Giants to win this game outright, plus 154 on the money line. Uh, if they can't, then, you know, then that's just embarrassing. All right, the San Francisco um, 49ers don't have, like, anybody. Everyone's a backup. They're playing backups at every position. And the Giants are still getting three and a half points. And, oh, yeah, San Francisco scared of the turf at the Meadowlands. So was Jimmy Hoffa. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Later. 